Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is episode number 1214 with Dr. Uma Naidu. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, my friend. Today's guest is Dr. Uma Naidu, and she is described as the world's first triple threat in the food and medicine space as a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, professional chef, and trained nutritional specialist. And Dr. Naidu founded and directs the first hospital-based nutritional psychiatry service in the United States, and is the best-selling author of This Is Your Brain on Food, where she shows the cutting-edge science explaining the ways in which food contributes to our mental health and how a sound diet can help treat and prevent a wide range of psychological and cognitive health issues from ADHD to anxiety, depression, OCD, and others. This is fascinating stuff on how our brain is constantly being affected by the foods we eat. So in this episode, we discuss the best and worst foods for your mental health, the benefits and negative effects of different types of foods, how to optimize your brain health, how to develop strong nutritional habits and drop the unhealthy habits, and so much more. I really love this episode, and I know there's so much we can do to prevent the stress and anxiety and worry that could potentially come in our futures, and a lot of it comes down to the nutritional optimization of the brain foods that we could eat on a daily basis. So if you're inspired by this, make sure to share this with someone that you think this would be helpful for as well and spread the message of greatness forward to a friend or post it on social media. You can use the link lewishouse.com slash 1214 or copy and paste on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this show. And I want to give a big thank you to the fan of the week. This is from Kanupriya, who said, I love this podcast to the core as it is the most real people with real information. And I've been through a very rough phase, and this podcast keeps me very positive. The reason it's the best podcast is that the people, especially those related to the medical field, are eye-openers for me and explain every detail wonderfully. Kunupriya, I'm so happy that you're getting a lot of value and inspiration from the different medical guests that we have on, but also just all the great guests in general. So thank you for leaving a review over on Apple Podcast and being the fan of the week. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Dr. Uma Naidu. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those low lows. And I'll admit, I used to be embarrassed about going to therapy, but I'm telling you, it is so important, and now it is so accessible as well. 
I highly recommend that everyone turn to BetterHelp to get started on their mental health journey. They are customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and School of Greatness listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash greatness. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash greatness. In your book, I've been diving in, it's amazing, because you share these different foods that either hurt or help, things like depression, PTSD, ADHD, OCD, anxiety, uh, sex drive, all these other things. I've been reading through all this stuff. It's fascinating. I have been a big fan of realizing that food is medicine for a long time. Um, and you're in your book, you're talking about the actual science showing and proving that food is medicine now. Is that correct? Absolutely. Well, thanks for the kind introduction yes. and for hosting me. Um, that That's what it is. It's it's. I think that the missing conversation has been around how food and nutrition impact our mental health. We go into our doctor's offices and we talk about lots of things. We don't talk about our brain health, mm-hmm. and we most certainly don't talk about nutrition enough. Uh, part of that is doctors don't really study that much nutrition. But I think the niche that nutritional psychiatry fills is that conversation and helping understand that the food we eat impacts our mental well-being mm-hmm. is newer science that has come forward. What is the what would you say is the percentage, if you could either guess or if there's percentages out there of how much food, percentage-wise, affects these negative side effects of mental health, from anxiety, depression, and things like that? Is food a hundred percent responsible for these thoughts and feelings? Mm-hmm. Is it fifty percent responsible? What would you say? Off the top of my head, a, a clinical guess would be about 50% because 50%. I, do think, I do think that environment, genetics, psychosocial factors, so mm-hmm. much, so many other things play into one's emotional well-being. Right. But I think that by cleaning up a certain amount of how we eat, and that includes my diet, everyone, none of us is perfect, yeah, yeah. by cleaning it up a little bit, I have seen people show significant improvement and really... The path to this is understanding it's not a quick fix. It's not an mm-hmm. overnight thing. It's really a prescription for um, a lifestyle change. And by doing it that way, it's sustainable. Right. It's not just let's lose five pounds before the show, or before the yeah. event or the wedding. It's sustainable. And how, people do lose weight, um, yeah. it turns out. How do we bu- build a sustainable nutritional lifestyle when we've been so conditioned with certain habits and foods mm-hmm. for so long, especially here in you know, with the sad diet. Absolutely, the sad diet, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is sad. And I think that it's true. That's what we used to. And I mm-hmm. think it's understanding, firstly, it's educating ourselves yeah. and not relying on the wrong sources of um, education and, and information. And by that I mean just simple things, understanding food labels, for example. I'm not saying you have to go deep into the nutrition science, but understanding that four grams of sugar is one teaspoon mm. is a little bit of a trick for people because we cook in pounds and ounces. So every recipe in the United States is standardized. You learn that in culinary school. And our food labels on grams. So most people picking up a small half a cup yogurt with fruit in it, because they've heard me say blueberries are great for you, 
don't realize there might be six or eight teaspoons of sugar, mm -hmm. of added sugar. So it's educating ourselves and that power really comes back to us because we then eat in a healthier way. I'm curious about the, the fruit and sugar or vegetables and sugar. If you have a certain amount of vegetables or fruit that is supposed to enhance something in your, your brain, mm -hmm. but you also have just as much refined sugar that you've poured on top of it, mm -hmm. are there any benefits to that or does the sugar override the benefits of the vegetables and the fruits? It's, have you heard the expression, you, you can't um, exercise out of a bad diet? Right. Right? It's, it's not yes. that dissimilar because yes. you might be eating those servings of veggies and the nutrients are going to get through. But the negative impact of what happens with the added and refined sugars is where the issue is. Yeah, someone told me you can't outwork your mouth. <laughs> you, can just, like, you can't out, outwork out your mouth. If you keep <laughs> eating more and more, you're not going to be able to outwork it. Um, okay, this is fascinating. Of these... Of these um, six on the cover of the book and more that you talk about in the book, the depression, PTSD, ADHD, anxiety, OCD, and let's say low sex drive. Mm -hmm. uh, of those six, which have you seen the fastest or the best results based on a shift in, in food changes, in consuming different foods? Have you seen, mm -hmm. and, and how fast can this happen? You said it doesn't happen over overnight. Right. Right. But are you starting to see this over a week or a few weeks based on certain changes, or how does that work? So some of this answer is also dependent on understanding that the, the science of the microbiome, because our, each of our microbiomes is like a thumbprint. So a response a person has to the food is also dependent on their quota of microbes in the mm -hmm. gut. And therefore, the, the response times change. So I've seen people start to feel emotionally better, and the condition I see Probably the remote, most robust change is um, uh, either depression or anxiety. Really? People do, when they start to make those shifts, start to feel better. That's within, within like a few days, overnight, with, a week or at two? At least a week. At least really? a week. So we if they're know, doing the changes daily for a week, they, they start to feel better. They start to, they start to feel uplifted a little mm. bit. They start to notice with people with anxiety, they start to notice by, say, cutting out or limiting a bad eating habit. Let's not call it bad, that's severe, but a less healthy eating mm -hmm. habit that mm -hmm. they're starting to notice a change. But usually we know from the science of the microbiome that it takes about 28 days for there to be healing. Mm. Um, so usually within the first month is a good guideline to say, if you really are following this and you're being sincere about, look, no one is perfect, so if you're doing it 80% of the time at least, I ask people to do, and you really are limiting those foods that could be driving your condition, that people start to feel better. But over, over time, it really gets better. And if they're sticking with it, it, it becomes almost part of how they live, right. um, which is what I want. Right. And because then they, they're feeling a lot better. And, and then, so they you know, keep doing it. They yeah. keep doing it. That, and that's the hook. That's what very often happens in that first week. Someone notices, not every single time, someone notices, wow, I, I'm sleeping better wow, I'm feeling less anxious when mm. I wake up. But I will say that with anxiety um, specifically, it's not just one thing. You know, right. learning mindfulness, practicing and relaxation exercise, and actually doing those things when you're not having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst thing you can say to someone who's feeling anxious is, calm down. Stop feeling anxious. Stop yeah. feeling anxious, <laughs> calm down. Take it. It, it doesn't make sense because when your system is in overdrive that way, you, you, you can't even hear. What's the best thing to say to someone who's feeling anxious? The, the best 
thing is to actually have them tap into what you've either worked with them on in coaching mm-hmm. or that they've learned in time. Um, breathing exercises, you know, mindfulness. Do they respond to a walk in fresh air? Mm-hmm. Do they walk? Or do they respond to getting on the treadmill for ten minutes? Sometimes right. just burning off that angst help people. So they have already almost pre-learned certain things that they can they can do, right. and that's what you want to help get them to to come down that episode. But the great thing with nutrition and and changing around how you're eating is that can help you all along because mm. that's working no matter what else is going on. Right. right? It's right. improving because it's working in the gut microbiome and, and the whole gut brain system and it's helping you. Right. And how important is um, a healthy gut microbiome? It's actually so important for all parts of our health. Right. Not just mental health. Exactly. Yeah. My focus is on nutritional psychiatry and therefore mental health. But, you know, it's um, the gut microbiome is related to sleep, circadian rhythms, hormones, vitamin production, immunity, and mental health as well as more. Mm-hmm. So it, the health of your gut microbes is uniquely becoming, I would say, even more important in this day and age as we're understanding the science more. You see, the gut microbiome research is really only about a decade and a half to two decades old. Mm. It's neuroscience, right. and it really has unfolded the, the, the food-mood connection or the yes. nutritional psychiatry piece. But at the same time, it's, it's hugely important. So, right. you know, things like inflammation of the gut um, are being associated with conditions like depression, anxiety, cognitive disorders, and more, mm-hmm. because it's being seen as an underlying mechanism. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you're taking care of your gut health, you actually are taking care of quite a lot. Your brain health as well and everything else. Definitely your brain health, but even your physical health. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I've been hearing a lot more about the gut microbiome and how it's connected to the brain and, you know, the thoughts are connecting to the gut and all that stuff. But inflammation is one of the, the main causes, would you say, of brain stress or the anxiety of, of, of the brain? Absolutely. So research is showing more and more that inflammation that is sort of chronic and insidious and is happening in our gut microbiome impacts the brain. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, conditions like even Alzheimer's, cognitive disorders, depression, anxiety, when you start to improve your gut health, therefore, in that sort of cycle, improve your mental well-being as well. Right, right. So the same, the same thing that's good for your gut microbiome is also the same, similar things that are good for your brain. For your brain health, absolutely. Your brain health. Yeah. You talk about uh, brain foods, specific foods that we should be stocking our, our kitchen with. Um, can you share what some of these brain foods are? You have an acronym for them. I'm not sure if you have them all memorized, but so I'll, I'll start. I'll give you. I'll give you a few to get you started. So I use the brain foods uh, acronym to really almost have be a checklist for people. Okay. I like people to take a photograph of it, mm-hmm. or read it, or list it in their phone, so that when they're at the supermarket, they're picking out those nutrients. Right. So you know, B is my favorite berries, um, and my favorite berry is blueberry. Okay. Now they're rich in anthocyanins. They're rich in fiber. Um, they are colorful, and that brings me to the R. One of the R's is for eat the color of the rainbow, mm-hmm. and. This, these are sort of things, Lewis said, many people overlook. Their doctors have said it, or they've heard it, or read it. But what we're uncovering in the science is that the color of the rainbow, the, the colors of vegetables, the phytonutrients mm-hmm. in those interact with the gut microbes. These are powerful antioxidants, powerful anti-inflammatory substances which impact things like depression, anxiety, and more. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer just eat a colorful salad. There's actual 
good evidence as to why we should be right. we should be eating it. And does it matter if it's cooked or uncooked? You know, the, the science on that varies, but my my feeling about it is the following: when you have um, raw veggies, they have you know their microbiome intact. They uh, providing those bacteria. They're giving you good nutrients. So I like to I like to play. I like like people to do the following: have some say when they're preparing their vegetables for a roasted veggie dish. You know, keep some chopped veggies that you munch on, mm-hmm. and then roast the rest, or you know whatever you what baking the rest, whatever right. and. So you're having a little bit of combination of both. Some raw, some cooked. Some cooked. But in things like, say, um, spinach, you know, steaming the spinach can actually help lower the oxalate levels. So some of it is more specific. Okay, gotcha. Now, here's a, there's a, I've heard a topic about fruits yeah. that some people say have as much as you want. Others say the less fruit, the better. Right. Um, or do it in seasonal times or things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Have you seen anything where if people are only eating fruit that it helps or hurts them psychologically? Or can you never have too much fruit in moderation, I guess? So I think when it comes to psychological health, one of the, the biggest things is how mental health and metabolic health are not connected. And what I mean by that is I talk about berries because they have a low glycemic mm-hmm. index. So they have a powerful positive impact Yes. Eaten in moderation, so I'm not. Eat, I don't mean right. four cups of blueberries a day, right. um, but I do mean about a half a cup at least is one of your servings of fruit in a day. Mm. The issue with fruit is that the higher glycemic fruits, say the more tropical fruits, mm. you know, mangoes and pineapples, those are actually less healthy for those with mental health because many individuals with mental health are, might have a struggle with weight and sometimes with metabolic health. Interesting. And so if you have a lot of these high glycemic fruits, they, they store could, more fat. They could increase your weight. They could right. potentially increase your weight. Which so, could make you psychologically say, oh, I'm overweight or not confident in yourself. That as well as your metabolic health because uh, it could impact your insulin resistance, your insulin sensitivity, interesting. Um, your glucose load. So because in my clinical practice, I often see people who are struggling with their weight. I don't mean low weight, I mean struggling with a little bit of extra weight. Right. Or they're taking medications like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Zoloft, Prozac, to name a few. One of the side effects is weight gain. Mm. Not everyone develops it, but many people do. Um, psychotropic medications, others, antipsychotics, also have a problem. They impact metabolic health and glycemic control, and they impact weight. Mm. So you've as a psychiatrist, you really have to be tuned into that to realize if you're going to save fruit, qualify better fruit for that individual to eat. Because a person could eat two bananas a day and that could totally increase their weight. Are bananas on their own unhealthy? No. To an average you know, person of normal weight who's exercising and leading a healthy lifestyle, perfectly fine to eat a banana. Mm-hmm. But to that individual, it may not be the best solution. So it's, mm. that, it's that caveat with it's mental normal. health that's important. So what's the best fruit to eat if you're trying to lose weight? So the best so the, the best answer to that is stick with a couple of servings of different berries. Okay. Um, stick with um, a, a lifestyle that is supporting your weight loss, mm-hmm. um, which, which goes from mindfulness all the way to hydration, to outdoor sleep, time, yeah. to good sleep, and all of that, right? Because we know it's not just right, one, right. one thing. Eliminating stresses in your life. Yeah. E- exactly. Stress yeah. is a huge driver of weight gain, mm-hmm. right? Because of the impact on cortisol. So I would say stick with, stick with a couple of different types of berries um, and smaller servings 
and have those regularly because of the fiber, the phytonutrients from them are still going to help you. Yeah. So I would never say exclude fruit completely right. unless, you know, your, your diabetologist has said, look, you need to do this in order to bring down your hemoglobin A1C. Then it's a different conversation. So when is fruit good for you then? Because if you're trying to lose weight, right. Right. I'm hearing it's not as good to have a lot of it. Not a lot in of In moderation. It. Actually, to be honest, everything in moderation. Right, right. right? Because every, every healthy food, you want to eat it in a portion-controlled sort of way. Mm -hmm. Food is actually always good for you. It's, it's, okay. It provides nutrients, uh, macro and micronutrients, which are healthy for your body, right. healthy for your brain. So whether it's the vitamin C from kiwi or, you know, whichever, or, you know, if you're having leafy greens, not a fruit, but if you're having folate from leafy greens, that's affecting you in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So fruit are always a good option. But that also comes from my food philosophy, which is I am diet agnostic and I don't demonize a food group. So if you come into me and say I'm vegan or carnivore, my role as a nutritional psychiatrist is to improve your mental well-being. You know, I will advise you how you can tweak your diet in a positive way. You may not agree with me, but mm. I'm going to offer you that guidance. Um, because what I find is, is that people fall into these eat this, not that mentality. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game. Or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
then they exclude entire food groups, mm -hmm. then they crave that food group, then there's a rebound effect, and then they end up either gaining the weight or they end up being unhappy because they've started to consume a food that they previously gave right. up. It, it becomes a vicious shameful. cycle. Like I said, they weren't going to eat something, then they go eat regret, it for a month. Yeah. Depression, you know, feeling right. more anxious. Interesting. Um, and then almost unable to get back on that saddle of just eating a healthier diet, which I want people to, to eat eat healthier foods as part of their lifestyle. So it's a natural, if they whether they're traveling, whether they're walking through an airport or whether they're at home, they're just reaching for those healthier options right. or carrying it with them. And what about antioxidants? Why are these so powerful for mental health? So antioxidants have an extremely important um, impact through the gut microbiome, but also on the brain. You know, in the natural process of life, we, uh, we encounter different things that form these unhealthy substances in our body called radical oxygen species. If left, if left on their own, they can actually lead to cancer, heart disease, lots of, lots of bad things, mm -hmm. as well as um, you know, worsening our mental health. So what antioxidants do is they, they kind of, um, they interact with these radical oxygen species to almost neutralize them. And that's why they're so powerful. So right. that's why we should eat our antioxidants. Okay, and what, what foods are rich in antioxidants? Mm -hmm starting with berries, yeah. um, but you know, there are also spices. That's, that's something people huh. don't realize. There are spices that are rich in antioxidants, like turmeric with a pinch of black pepper. Um, my my, my um, nutritional psychiatry no-brainers add, add a pinch of black pepper because that makes the um, turmeric more bioavailable and bioactive mm. for your body. Mm -hmm. So um, spices, many of them have rich antioxidants. So those are, the spice cabinet is probably one of the ones you're not tapping into Interesting. to add antioxidants as well as veggies, all these different colors mm -hmm. um, of, of vegetables, uh, you know, different bell peppers, um, different, different lettuces, um, all of these, um, you know, whether purple carotenoids from carrots have rich antioxidants because of their, um, because of the, the nutrients in them. What about the, um, the research that's been out about lectins and mm -hmm. nightshades? Mm -hmm. Certain lect is this something that you would avoid or limit or is the science from your research not really saying there's an issue with nightshades and lectins? So, you know, part of it depends on the person. If they are working with a physician who's asked them to, and their condition, if they've been asked to mm. stay away from nightshades before, because of a certain condition and it's been working for them, I'm not there to say stop doing that and eat everything. No. Right. If it's working for them, absolutely. But many people come to me a little confused about where, you know, what, what foods include lectins and what they should avoid. But there are also some culinary techniques where you can get around mm -hmm. by food preparation, for example, if you like nuts. You know, there's a way to, nuts. you know, there's a way to get raw natural nuts, um, soak them in water overnight, rinse them out and slow, um, it's not even roasting because it's such a low temperature, almost dry them out in the mm -hmm. oven at a very low temperature and that circumvents some of the anti-nutrients in them. So there are always ways to think about mm. food and make it healthier or, or look at a cooking technique which could improve the either the nutrient value or get around things like that. So hmm. I, I'd, I'd rather have that conversation than ask people to exclude things. What right. about other people? other people's research, but more about my approach to how I feel I can help individuals in their mental well-being. Because, right. you know, this is not just for someone with depression or anxiety. A lot of people in the last few years have just been feeling a little off, right. you know. And I use that term loosely. It's a little bit anxious, not sleeping well, 
um, feeling blue, just mm -hmm. not just feeling. Um, there was a great article calling it languishing. You know, just not not feeling um, good, just not feeling quite themselves. And so, eating in a good way can help a lot of that without a prescription. Right. So. What would you say is the best cooking technique that you've learned? Yeah to get the maximum result for optimal nutrition? Is it from the nuts? Is it from soaking something? Is it mm -hmm. from some other type of food where you've seen, okay, you, here's the original raw form, and by mm -hmm. applying this technique, it actually enhances it to really help your mental health, your mm -hmm. brain, that much more. Is there mm -hmm. a technique like that? I don't think there's one technique. Okay. Um, you know, I think that uh, I mentioned the, I mentioned things like spinach and steaming it, mm -hmm. or uh, applying gentle temperature, the nuts, that's, that's specific to a, a better way to enjoy the nuts. Some people don't have a problem with nuts. They eat them and they feel okay. Right. Now, the lectin research may refute that. But again, you pay attention to how you're feeling emotionally, how you're feeling physically, what your doctor's telling you. And you either continue or you, you change direction a little. Um, with one, one, one thing I will say is that many people hear their doctor say, eat your vegetables eat your greens and they sort of they're you know they roll their eyes and they move on they don't do it mm -hmm. often it's that action step one of the things i can say is just gently roasting vegetables in the oven mm -hmm. with delicious flavors putting in colorful veggies adding spices even your kids will want to eat it you know because mm -hmm. it's interesting it's different right. that that i think um is is one of the things where you can really expand and you know just little simple tricks like you can do your roasted, colorful roasted vegetables with different spices for the flavor. Plus, you can do your protein on. Whether you're plant-based or you eat tofu, whether mm -hmm. you eat chicken, you can do it on the same sheet pan, and that makes it super easy for someone to prepare, prepare dinner. Right. The next thing you say is include lean proteins and plant-based proteins. Mm -hmm. uh, from the science, you say you don't, you don't eliminate any diet or any food groups. I try, I try my best not to, yeah. There are so many people that try to say, like, eat only meat and this is the way to go right. and other people that say be vegan this is the way to right. go right. is there science proving which foods are better like uh, lean proteins that are plant-based versus animal proteins mm -hmm. so in i will say that you know in nutrition science they're usually things i can quote and they're probably mm. in the same day or same week or same year at least three other articles which will refute that because really? that tends to be the spirit of nutrition science. Mm -hmm. You know, omega-3s I've seen clinically um, help my patients time and, and time and time again. Whether, usually I like them to use food sources first, but some people prefer supplement, supplement yeah. or they do. And I've seen the improvements. Yet there, are, there, there is research to say they're terrible, that you, know, you shouldn't use them, that kind of stuff. So I say this with an open mind, understanding that. Um, so I feel, you know, that the camps who, and they are sort of camps, right, because they tend to be very polarized. Either only eat this and mm -hmm. they, the individuals say who are plant-based will say, well, there's this studies to, um, you know, name a substance uh, that is negative for your health because it is from meat. Mm -hmm. And then there are, you know, people, individu individuals who eat meat who will say, but you know, you don't get enough from just the plant. So there's right. always this polarization. And here's what I feel about it. I think that the more we continue to have these camps, the more confused we are going to continue to be as a country and the mm -hmm. worse our nutrition is going to get. Right. Because most people 
that's not most people. A lot of people know the sad diet and right. are consuming that. So anything we can move from that to a healthier version of that food, understanding what healthy whole foods are, is better for us. I think it's much more about that for more people than camps. I'll eat this and not that. And, and I have difficulty with those because I feel that science can support both sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. I know. You can always and find evidence for each side. You can always find side. evidence for both sides. And, and, and something against the other side, probably, ex right? Exactly. And say, well, gee, you know, you're missing this nutrient because you're plant-based, or you're missing that nutrient because you're um, eating or consuming more meat. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's where most people in the public get confused. Um, and they come in and, and say to me, should I exclude this entire food group? Should I give up whole grain? Should I never eat a slice of this or that? And, and I think that perpetuating that is not good for us as right. a country. But if we can find a sensible way forward to, for, for the most, so not the people in different camps, but those who just want to eat healthier, want mm -hmm. to feel emotionally better. And we, most of us need to right now with all that's going on. Um, I think it's a healthier way forward and, right. more, and more sustainable. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious about um, nuts. You mentioned nuts for a second. This is actually the next thing on the, the brain foods and nuts. I'm a big fan of nuts, but can you overdo it? I don't drink milk anymore, but I have the milk substitutions like yeah. almond milk and things yeah. like that. So if you're having the physical nuts and then you're having almond milk and then almond butter, is there too much of that? So there's always, even a healthy food, we, we can overdo even a healthy food. So practicing, I'm not so much of a calorie counter as mm -hmm. much as I am the source of food okay. and the quality of food and then paying attention to portions. So I mentioned blueberries and I said, you know, that doesn't mean three cups of blueberries a day because unfortunately then the, lo the load of the amount of sugar from that is not good for you. Interesting. Even though berries are healthy and they have lots of nutrients in them. So same, similarly with nuts. You want smaller servings and you want different types of nuts. My favorites are macadamia and hazelnuts. Mm. Um, I uh, eat them in, in smaller portions. Um, I, you know, for, for, for someone who um, is, likes nuts and they're going to consume that portion of nuts in a day, you may want to switch to something like hemp milk, which by the way, you can make in like two, literally make in two easy steps. Mm. And hemp milk has the advantage of having short chain omega-3s in it because it's rich in ALA. Mm. So there's a good solution for... So if you're going to have nuts, yeah. don't also have almond milk. And nut butters and everything in the same day, in that same 24-hour period. Have hemp milk instead if have you're going to use milk. Have hemp milk instead. Yeah. You know, have, have your nut butter, but, you know, nut and seed butter because you're, you're getting other seeds and, and the value of that. Uh -huh. And just don't have a ton of it. You know, so everything in moderation. If you, if you do eat more of it, then maybe have that the next day. You know, and balance mm -hmm. it up that way. It's, it's similar to avocados. Um, you'll have, you know, delicious avocados in California. The truth is, you know, a, a good serving on a day is about a quarter of a medium avocado to get the benefit of the healthy fats. Really? A quarter of a medium about of an avocado? Medium, medium to large avocado. So not a whole avocado. No, it, it becomes, what happens is it gets calorie dense at that point. And so, you know, it's balancing that up. Now, if you ate that for breakfast, that's okay. My, my policy around that is, you know, just cross correct at the next meal or the next day because you understand something a little bit better. Interesting. Man, I'm so used to overeating, I think. I think we all are. <laughs> I eat a I, lot. I, mean, I consume a lot. Well, we all do. And, and yeah. the thing about, about, about that is what I've learned 
um, over time is that I load up on my veggies because things like the sulfurophane-rich veggies, mm -hmm. cauliflower, the cabbage, the Brussels sprout, low calorie, super rich in fiber. Fiber is great for your gut microbes. That's what feeds them. Um, great for your body in general. Mm -hmm. and, your digestion. And your yeah, digestion, everything. everything. So by eating, by filling my plate up with a lot of, you know, my nutritional psychiatry plate with a lot of those veggies, low calorie, going to fill me up, going to be nutritious, add in my spices to make them tasty. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to go, right. you know. Right. And, and that sort of what I find over time is that is filling and it has my blood sugar in a more even keel. So if you're going to overeat, overeat vegetables. Yeah, overeat those vegetables. Those vegetables. Those vegetables. What are the vegetables you don't want to overeat? You don't want to overeat the, um, the sort of more starchy vegetables. And by that, I mean that they're going to impact your blood sugar in a different way. So we know that potatoes do that. We know that um, sweet potatoes do that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't eat them. Right, just don't overeat them. Just don't overeat yes. them. Or my hack for potatoes, I mean, potatoes are delicious, but my hack for them is um, when you, when you um, have a uh, cool, when you bake a potato and you allow it to cool, it changes the reaction within that potato to make it a resistant starch, which not only lowers the glycemic index, it actually makes it a healthy food. So baked so, potatoes. Baked potatoes and then cool them. And then, you know, really? heat them up or whatever. It, it's a process that happens within the potato. Huh. So having so, a baked potato, oh, but then cooled, not hot. Bake it, cool it, and then, you know, heat it up or do whatever you're going to do um, to, to have it with your toppings. Interesting. Is what, happens actually, you, what happens if you have it baked and you eat it hot? So, so it doesn't allow the cooling, does, it hasn't gone through the process mm. of that change, which makes it a resistant starch. Interesting. It's, the process is called um, retrogradation. So, so it hasn't gone through that. So you're just, you're kind of just eating the potato. So that's a good cooking strategy. That's a good cooking strategy to, to enhance, add. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So bake the potato, allow cool it. To cool it. Like put it in the refrigerator or just let it sit out? You can let it sit down or you can place it in the fridge and have it for the next meal. Okay. Something like that, allowing it a process. That just changes, changes it into a different form and different effect on your microbiome. Mm. And that is healthier. Does that mean you should eat six a day? No. no. Should, it mean you, should it mean you should eat one every day? No. It's, it's still in moderation, but okay. this, it's, it's trying to prove my point <laughs> that when I say potatoes, I don't mean never eat a potato. You know? right, right, right. It's actually a, a vegetable we all eat and something that's at all our holiday tables, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just kind of, sort of understanding that a little bit um, and, um, you know, and thinking about it. More fiber-rich foods, um, fish and fermented foods. How much yes. can you have too much fish in a day? And what is too much fish, I guess? Yeah, so, you know, generally um, two to three servings of fish a week. A week. Uh, oh, a good, uh, a good. You can have more if you like a seafood diet or you're pescatarian. Certainly, that's perfectly fine. I think again, the source and the quality. Mm -hmm. So, uh, wild sockeye salmon, a fatty fish that's rich in omega threes, good for your brain, good for your body. You know, um, mussels, um, oysters, rich in zinc, great for your brain. Um, so, so it's it's balancing that up with everything else that you're doing again lean into those vegetables, um, you know, leafy greens, the salads, mm -hmm. all of that, as well as, you know, the, um, the fiber-rich foods, because you don't get fiber from, from animal or seafood protein. You get it from uh, vegetables, fruit, 
beans, nuts, seeds, lentils, legumes, and those healthy whole grains. So you, you need to add those fiber, the fiber-rich foods. And then mm-hmm. I always say fiber foods help your anxiety because they basically, they're your friend. They metabolize more slowly, so add those in. Mm. Um, so, Interesting. yeah, so with seafood as well, it's, you know, portion control, eating eating better better sources if you can. Yeah. Um, and balancing it out with, with everything else. What about fermented foods? So that's a good one because a good a good and recent study published in Cell, which is a highly reputable journal from the summer, uh, from researchers at Stanford talked about um, fermented foods helping with that inflammation we mentioned and reducing it. Really? So adding in a serving of fermented foods to each of your meals is a super great way to go. What are the top tasting fermented foods? So I like kimchi. Uh, I like kimchi. Um, it you know depends on the person's palate. Mm-hmm. Um, kefir, if you eat dairy, is a soured yogurt. Get the plain, the plain kind. Mm. Add it to smoothie or something else. A soured yogurt. What's it called? Kefir. K e f i r. K e f i r. And they do have the fruited ones, so try to skip those. Just get the plain kombucha. Um, yep. Look for one that's. Um, you know, doesn't have a ton of added sugar in it. Uh, miso, miso paste. I have a recipe in my book for um, miso glazed sweet potatoes. Mm. And it actually is a great way to have your fermented food um, as well as a, a, you know, more complex um, vegetable. But you can also add it to other veggies. I happen to pair it with sweet potatoes, but you can, <clears throat> you can brush it on, the marinade onto sure. other veggies. Um, and almost every culture has a fermented food, so there, there are certainly several more, but, but that's sure. some, some, uh, some ways to get started. Oils is the next one you have here. I've heard conflicting things on oils, that mm-hmm. there are certain oils that are, that are great for the brain food, right, yeah. like, that are great, but then also isn't oil like a non-natural process where you're extracting something mm-hmm. from the food, yeah. and so it's processed still, isn't that like? Right, so, so um, you know, with, with the oils, the ones that I kind of recommend we or suggest we use are things like extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a little bit of, olive, of um, avocado oil. But what you're referring to is a very important point because processed vegetable oils and those seed oils, um, especially the ones that are used in like fast food restaurants because they're cost yeah. effective, yeah. Um, are pro-inflammatory. They up our omega-6 uh, levels in the body. And so they are really driving inflammation instead mm. of lowering it. So mm. it's, it's a good reason and certainly for physical, but also importantly mental health for us to be a little bit careful. Is extra virgin olive oil and avocado oil help decrease inflammation? They have healthy fats in them, which mm-hmm. are brain, which are, uh, they are brain healthy fats. Yeah. So that's the way to think about them. And, and yes, they don't <clears throat> drive, they're not increasing, they're not pro-inflammatory, they're gotcha. not driving inflammation. Those two. And, and, but if you have too much of it, it's too many calories, right? Exactly. They can be very calorie dense. Right. Yeah. Now, now, people who eat certain certain um, certain diets will say, have as much olive oil as you want. You know, uh, put put in as much butter as you want. Now, butter is delicious. You can have butter, just have it in you know in moderation, um, as with as with everything else. Mm-hmm. The next thing is omega three rich foods. So omega three is in fish. Is that right? Yes, so omega-3s on fish, you can get, um, you know, you get the short-chain omega-3s in some plant foods, the ALA, like hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, sea algae, sea vegetables. But the conversion to the longer chain um, is, is not as efficient. 
Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack. Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off in the um, seeds in in the vegetable sauces the plant-based sauces as um, it is with fish as it is with with seafood exactly seafood. gotcha um or the fish so so my my the i feel that you know <clears throat> rather than struggling about whether you're going to get that conversion in your body one of the things is if someone is plant-based, consider an algal oil supplement, mm. which can which can make up for that. Now, not every person who is vegan may agree with that, but it's a suggestion to, certainly for my patients, I would right. ask them to do that. An, al an algae supplement, is that what you said? Exactly, yeah. algal oil, yeah. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. I wish there was just like one supplement you could take for everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so dairy has, uh, you say dairy is, one of the things for brain foods as well. Is milk and dairy products really that good for you? I've heard a lot of different conflicting things about the inflammation behind yeah. milk and cheeses yeah. and things like that, but yeah. you say certain cheeses, yogurt and kefirin, or kefir, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but so, well, what about milk and... Absolutely, so, you know, I think that this comes down to the nature of your microbiome, the mm. nature of your health, because in my practice, from when I started, I think that, oh, I know that my nutritional psychiatry plans have become much more highly personalized yes. as we understand a little bit more about the science of the microbiome. Mm -hmm. Dairy does not agree with everyone. You know, it, it, besides the lactose intolerance, people may find it inflammatory, but again, it goes back to the source. Mm -hmm. If I'm recommending dairy or working with someone who does consume dairy, it's grass smoke fed dairy. It's, it's not just, you know, Hormone-infused sort of dairy, which yeah. is completely which different. Which is what I had my whole life growing which is, up. Which know? is what we had growing up, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's the sauce. It's finding mm. alt alternate milks yes. that, like you mentioned, Hat that, that could, you know, could substitute that flavor that you might be used to, or that richness. With the cheeses, it really is the um, look for the probiotic sources. Remember that cheeses can be um, sheep's milk and goat's milk. Mm -hmm. because there's less of an issue around the dairy farming 
problem that we run into. Mm -hmm. So that's an option for people who like cheeses as well. Are those the top type of cheeses you recommend? Sheep and, and goat's milk uh, those, if, if you're struggling with, if you don't like dairy, then yes. you, you might want to consider those alternatives to cow's milk dairy products. Gotcha. If you love cheese like me, yeah. you're saying yeah. you recommend those? No, I'm saying look for a good source and make sure that you're getting a good source of the cheese. A good, if you drink milk, make sure it's a grass milk. Got it. Um, okay where you get it from becomes important, um, you know, organic and all of that. So gotcha. that makes a difference. Last thing you talked about spices, you already talked about it a little bit, but the, uh, you know, turmeric with pepper and some, certain other spices. Um, if you have no spices on your food, is it still okay if you're doing most of these things? Absolutely. There's no, yeah. there's no um, hard and fast rule. So if you, if you don't need spices, well, you know, maybe you don't like them, but right. but but I would encourage you to explore a little bit outside of the box because many people just don't realize the the brain benefit in the spices uh, in their spice cabinet. It's mm -hmm. often overlooked. It's mm -hmm. let's add a little bit of this and move on. But actually, they're very powerful. Right. Uh, in chapter four, you talk about I believe trauma, PTSD, and trauma. Yeah. I'm curious, what type of foods continue to um, emphasize traumatic experiences in our in our mind or in our thoughts in our bodies. I guess are there certain foods that keep us living in traumatic patterns, yeah. and then there are other foods that help us heal traumatic memories, whether it be mentally or physically yeah. from the past. Yeah, you know, trauma is a very very complicated subject, right, right. and it's it's something that to be you know, as a psychiatrist, there's not only one route to healing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where, like with other conditions as well, all forms of therapies and healing and sometimes even medication become important. But if we would look just at the nutritional elements, going back to that sad diet, going back to the diet that produces inflammation in the body, the added and refined sugars that worsen our microbiome, impact inflammation in the brain, all of that just keeps you in that negative cycle, mm -hmm. you know, and keeps you... When, when you've experienced a traumatic event or more than one, your, your brain is, you know, your brain is dealing with that. Mm -hmm. So there's less of your brain available to making healthier choices. So what you want to do is almost think about it as eating in a way that calms down that brain mm. and helps with the healing so that the person can actually heal from within and make those better choices. So that's part of the psychological experience of it. But then, you know, foods that can help you, blueberries actually, that have a good amount of evidence, believe it or not, right, behind right. them. But then leaning into those antioxidant and anti-inflammatory rich foods um, and, you know, adding sort of almost revitalizing your diet. And where I always start those with people is think about just one kind of unhealthy habit you've picked up during the pandemic. You know, and start there. It's mm -hmm. it's going to help you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then all that sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And of course, you know, step away from the cookies or step. Exactly. You know, find find a better alternative um, mm -hmm. to the ice cream or whatever it is. Right. You know. Absolutely. You can, you can I'm I had a I, had, I did an interview with uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, which I know you know as well. Yeah. And I'm curious. He talks a lot about brain health as well. Mm -hmm. And I did the whole he brain does. scan. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. done that as well. I yet, haven't done it with him, but I've. I've heard good it's things. Fascinating what you mm -hmm. learn about the traumas of the brain that you've had and all this stuff. And, right. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on the effects of alcohol, smoking, vaping, and marijuana on mm -hmm. the brain health mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how those things hurt or help um, your brain health. 
Yeah, so let me start with, um, with you know, smoking because, you know, lung cancer is still a massive killer in the United mm. States. Mm. Putting COVID aside, putting heart disease aside, it's still a massive killer. So smoking, I, I can't really find a way with, with food or even alcohol or caffeine, other substances that people sometimes don't consume, let's say, or, or don't eat. Um, I can always find a way to provide guidance around moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, with smoking, it's, it's hard for me to do that. Yeah. Um, There's no benefit. The, 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 I can't find a benefit. I still haven't. Right. Um, uh, my patients who, who I'm encouraging to give up smoking will tell me it helps them with their weight, but mm. that's, that's unfortunately just... <laughs> that's I, the I, only benefit, but it's an unhealthy... But it's an unhealthy benefit because yes. you know, you, you're kind of killing your lungs at the same time or you're creating mm-hmm. COPD, which is very painful um, as you grow older to, to suffer from. And when you have that in your lungs, what does it do to your brain health? Well, you, for one thing, you know, your oxygen, so, so our bodies run on oxygen and, and all the, as well as other, as well as nutrients. And if your lung capacity is getting lower and lower, it's not feeding your brain enough oxygen. You're not, mm. you know, you see this in COPD patients and, and people struggling with those conditions. So I can't justify that one, Lewis. Um, right. With, with cannabis, um, the research is emerging. Mm-hmm. There's also separate to marijuana, there's the psychedelic research that's emerging mm-hmm. in psychiatry. I think we'll be learning more and more about that. I think what gets confusing for the public is that because marijuana has been legalized in some states, recreational use is not the same as medical use. Mm-hmm that is regulated and prescribed. So there's a little bit of uh, confusion with that. Mm -hmm. Um, What I notice is in individuals who are using it recreationally or what I see in in my hospital practices, people don't often know what that that cannabis is mixed with. And Mm -hmm. they can have from psychotic episodes to worsening anxiety, they can lose touch with reality. Interesting. Um, so it can be very mixed. Right. So I think it's it's about the source. It's about whether it's prescribed. Mm-hmm. It's about whether you're using it responsibly or you're just kind of using it recreationally. There's a whole right. gamut of things there. Is there any research on brain health and vaping? Not, not that I'm familiar with off okay. the top of my head. Okay. Um, I will, I will need to look into that because I think we, we I, I don't personally know. Uh, right. No right. yet. Um, and then with alcohol. But with alcohol, <laughs> there's a good there's a good amount of research. But my feeling about it is offering people guidance around moderate use, responsible use, um, because more people than not drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. So having them understand that becomes important because it's. It, I know that you know, for example, dry January is a big thing, and I encourage people if that's something they want to try. Um, just make sure that if they've been drinking really heavily on the holidays, mm. they don't just stop overnight because they can go into physiological withdrawal really? and be quite sick and very anxious and have the heart racing and all sorts of things. Mm. Um, but if that's a healthy habit that they want to make, you know, go for it by all means. Just just do it with some guidance. With alcohol, there are a couple of things. Pay attention to your body intelligence, one of the principles and pillars of nutritional psychiatry. So if you you drinking alcohol, you're not feeling good, pay attention to that. Right. Or if you're feeling like you need two more glasses of wine to feel okay during COVID, that has become a problem for a lot of people. We know that alcohol and drug use increased during COVID. Mm-hmm. That's important to pay attention. If you're leaning on a glass of wine to help you sleep, it's gonna disrupt your sleep architecture. So all of that being said, if you're drinking moderation, 
um, enjoying a cocktail, have a clean cocktail. Avoid those simple, simple syrup, which is simply sugar, <laughs> the added liquors, which is just messing it up. Right. You just have a clean cocktail. Right. And, um, you know, wine, red wines, whatever it is you're drinking, um, stay within some guidelines, moderation. And if it's something you want to give up, you know, speak with the doctor because you don't want to give, go from six glasses of wine a day, which shouldn't be drinking, to, um, to zero. Right. You know, you, you want to do it gradually so that your body can handle it. Have you seen anything on the, uh, the science around sparkling water, carbonated water, on how that affects either the gut or the brain? I've seen a little bit, and I want to actually learn a bit more about mm -hmm. it because people have said um, you know, different things water. about the carbon. <laughs> exactly, and, and I drink sparkling water, um, a plain, you know, yeah. um, because I, I like water as, you know, my go-to beverage um, that I sip on, and, and actually it has a good amount of evidence in mental health because dehydration can worsen anxiety. Right and precipitate panic and low levels of water and actually dehydration has been, there's an association with depression as well. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's important to keep our bodies running. Mm -hmm. But the combination, I, I've heard things about, you know, the impact on the microbiome, I'm just not sure. So that's mm. something I wanna look into. I'd love to learn that. If you get the research, let me know. I will, I will. Because I wanna make sure that I'm not drinking too much of it. Because uh, I don't drink any alcohol. And so okay, I've never so. been I've never been drunk. I'll yeah. have like a Bailey's on ice maybe like once or twice a year. Yeah, and yeah. that's about that's it. That's about it, yeah. And water gets boring after a while. And yes. I don't want to have soda. I pretty right. much eliminated right. soda from that, my that, life. That, yeah, yeah. Except forever occasionally. Yeah. So it's like and I know that, you know, fruit juice is like lemonade or something, has a lot of sugar in it. Right. So right. it's like do you flavor your water with like citrus Maybe or berries or I don't. I don't like just a natural? I don't like berries, which is bad. That's but okay. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you know, um, pieces of citrus, pieces yeah. of kiwi. Um, Maybe something like a know. thing of lemon, just put it in exactly. like a squeeze of lemon. Exactly, a fresh squeeze of lemon, a fresh squeeze yeah. of actual orange. Mm, Very different from a juice, you know, yeah. an actual squeeze of um, that really just helps to give you a little bit of a different flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, and lots of ice, you know, change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I can start doing that more. Um, you also have some great research in here, which I think some people like this chapter on, I guess, libido. The foods yeah. that you should be eating that can enhance your libido or the foods that will hurt your libido. Can you share a few of the, the positive and the, the negative ones? Sure. So, you know, the ones that you want to be leaning into this long list, but, you know, dark chocolate, people <laughs> will be happy to know, extra dark natural uh, chocolate that's, you know, 75% or higher uh, is actually good and um, is an oxytocin-rich food. Um, pistachio nuts, avocado, apples, there are a few that you can tap into. And, you know, cleaning up that, it goes back to cleaning up that diet. You know, there's a mm. certain amount, there's a certain amount of research on that. And Let's see, soy protein was one? Was in men, to yes. Avoid, for yeah, men, to yeah, avoid. For women, yeah. it's okay? It was, it was what the research showed that wasn't as problematic for women. Okay. So it's sort of interesting there. But again, um, you know, so a lot of um, Asian countries, a lot of, actually in, in the U.S., you know, soy, uh, it's the sources of soy, right? So non-GMO. Mm well-sourced organic tofu, actual edamame, soybeans, you right. know, versus some sort of processed version. Those become important. Sugar is a big thing as well to avoid. Yes. Right? Come, it comes back to that sad diet. Yeah. yeah. If you could eliminate one food from everyone's diet forever, if you just say, we, we had to eliminate one thing from the earth, mm. no one could ever eat this specific thing, mm -hmm. what would that be to help us improve our mental health, our brains, our 
overall mm. physical health or gut microbiome? It would be refined sugars. Refined sugar. Right, because we have sugar in, you know, many different foods get broken down to sugar, mm -hmm. but it's the refined, those added and refined sugars. So, you know, how high fructose corn syrup got developed in the food industry. All of those things really did change the nature of our food. Mm. And so adding refined sugars, I think, would make a difference if... Uh, getting rid of those. Getting rid of those. What would people... Difference. What are three great substitutes instead of refined sugar, if they're used to putting sugar in coffee or, mm -hmm. I don't know, on top of foods, mm -hmm. what would be three in moderation substitutes that okay. would yeah. maybe even benefit if you took these right. things? So berries, we'll go back to yeah. that. Uh, I know, you don't like them, yeah. but, but a piece of fruit. Okay. So I, you know, I like a little clementine. You know, mm -hmm. they tie, they small, yeah. eat a little bit of it. Cinnamon, cinnamon is a spice that actually offers sweetness. Um, okay. uh, along with that, I think pumpkin pie spice. So those all have a little bit of mm, sweetness without, without the actual um, sugar. Mm -hmm. So although, unless you have a spice that has, is a blend which has sugar added, that's then. different. I'm talking about the pure spice. So pumpkin all of those, by cinnamon. Uh -huh. spice, cinnamon, all have a little bit of the sweetness because the spices have sweetness. And I guess the third one would be, sweeten. Like honey, agave, those. Right, so, so I, I use a touch of honey in things. And the reason is that honey, um, uh, I know individuals who are plant-based won't consume honey, but honey has a lot of other health benefits. Mm -hmm. It helps immunity, it helps a lot of other stuff. So good source of like manuka honey or really well-sourced honey could actually have health, health, other health benefits. Right. So for me, if I'm sweetening a whole batch of chia pudding that I'm using, I'm not using a ton of it, I'm using a touch of honey. You know, just, What's a touch? Because I love honey. Right. <laughs> Don't so, put too much so, on. Exactly. So it's, it's like if, if I'm making a whole bowl of, say, two or three cups, I would probably use not more than a teaspoon. A teaspoon. That's, that's a, you know, for a large batch, it's not much. So for me, over time, I've kind of honed my sweet senses to having less sugar. Mm -hmm. So I can do that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a process. Even yeah. my patients will tell me it's a process. From a candy bar, going, teaching them um, to eat and get used, have their palate get used to a dark, natural chocolate mm -hmm. that actually is low in serotonin and magnesium and lots of good things for you. They go from a whole candy bar to eating a square or two because mm. the palate changes and that part of it is that, you know, the candy bar is often the, the sugar that's, um, that tastes good and that is wanting us to eat more as well. Yeah. It gets into that vicious cycle. You've been studying this for a long time. You teach this to a lot of people with your clients, but you're also now teaching this to nutritionists and other experts in the world. What's the thing that you struggle with the most in your own, with all the information that mm -hmm. you know, with, mm -hmm. with your own food intake, or I guess, what's the thing that's challenging for you? So this is, this is a great question because um, with the emergence of my book um, mm. during a pandemic, sharing my book with the world became almost an entire job on its own. It's a lot of work. And one, Marketing you, and promoting exactly, it you too, know, oh, it's a lot um, of work. The thing that I really had to relearn was my time management around food preparation. Ooh, and yeah. I say that as a chef, I say that as someone who talks about meal preparation as being so important because what would happen, Lewis, is I would be going from one podcast to the next and I would not realize I didn't have a lunch Grab break. Something, yeah. I would be sitting um, with the virtual world and promoting the book, be sitting on one interview after the next and have forgotten my water bottle. Mm -hmm. 
And so it really, I had to take a step back and reevaluate how I was going to handle it because it, like I said, became like a whole other job. And so uh, trust me when I say, you know, my nutrition is not perfect. I've had to relearn a lot of that again and say, Wednesday is going to be my meal prep day and mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to making my cheer pudding and stuff because it was so thrown off by the pandemic and needing to pr promote and share my book without any, um, you know, any media Absolutely, being yeah. available. Yeah. Chia pudding, is that, a, is that a healthy dessert? I mean? So you can actually have it in many different ways. Um, I have it as a breakfast, I have it as a dessert. So the good, great thing about chia pudding is it's all about the, the ratio of the chia seeds to Condensed the coconut milk. milk. Oh, coconut, coconut milk. milk. Ooh, that sounds good. And then it, the seeds expand in gel and they form like their own little um, little pudding. Mm -hmm. So you don't need much of it to be very satiated because mm. they're rich in fiber and protein and then you get some healthy fat from the coconut milk um, and I top it so if I'm having in the morning I'll put, I know, berries. Yes. Uh, but, in, but if I want it as more of an evening dessert I'll either add some, um, make it a cocoa flavor with some cacao um, nibs or something. Or? Some cacao nibs for crunch or add in some um, natural cacao powder when I'm making mm. it. You know, you, you can play with it and really get something good out of it. Um, or I have, have my turmeric in it. Um, and then just switch it out with um, maybe some crunchy nuts mm. for the evening or whatever it is. So you can actually have it as a snack whenever you want. How do you make this? It's very simple. Um, I don't have the ratio with me, but it's because I usually make it in large batches. It's a small amount of chia seeds. Mm -hmm. It's with coconut milk. And it's basically two ingredients. Um, you, you make sure that it's blended. You just use a spoon. And what I do is I set it out in little mini ramekins. So I have a little chia pudding. Little jars or? You can use jars and seal it. Um, the little tiny mason jars, you can use little ramekins and cover it with, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of a pl uh, plastic wrap. The plastic wrap, yeah. yeah. Um, so that it's sealed and then you can use it at least for seven days at a time. You can make a batch and it sets overnight. So it's actually. So you uh, just, put, you're just mix in coconut milk with chia seeds in a jar. Do you put it in a refrigerator? How does it work? Yes, there? in the fridge. You just you put set it in the, it in the fridge. That's all you do. That's all you do. You mix the, it in and then you put it in there. And yes. Then... The, so the chia seeds swell with um, mm. with the liquid. Uh-huh. And kind they... It coagulates they, a little bit. Exactly. Early, and yeah. they kind of make this pudding type texture. That's so all it is. Yeah. There's no other process to it. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Put it in the refrigerator, let it cool. Stir, stir it up 
and just yeah. chill it overnight. For 24, 12 hours, 24 hours? Actually, it sets, the small ones set pretty fast. So you wow. can sometimes do it in a few hours. So you could do it in the morning and eat it later in the day. What I tend to do is make it when I do my food prep day mm -hmm. and make it for the week. That sounds good. I'm going to have to try that. I, I could do that and not mess it up, I feel like. <laughs> Uh, do you have the ratios in here? Yes, you do. I have the chicken okay, in perfect. there, and if not, it's it's also on my Instagram. That's amazing. Uh, this is your brain on food, an indispensable guide to the surprising foods that fight depression, PTSD, ADHD, anxiety, OCD, help with your sex drive, and so much more. Uh, this has been very inspiring. I have a couple final questions for you, but I want to make sure people get the book. They can get it anywhere online, Amazon, your website. What is your website, by the way, where people can get more? Sure. My website is umanaidumd.com. And okay. my Instagram is at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O. -O. Uh, we also put out tons of information there. And um, I'm actually hosting my first virtual course in nutritional psychiatry okay. early in 2022 for anyone who wants to learn more and dive deeper than the book. Wow. What would that cover? Um, that would cover beyond what's in the book. So we okay. go through the basic tenets of the book um, because people have individual questions, mm -hmm. they have it, want a deeper learning of the subject. And as you know, in any book, you, you can never cover all the topics. So we go into more topics, um, question and answer sessions, and hopefully it will, you know, it will deepen people's knowledge of the subject and their interest. Mm. Dr. Uma, I really acknowledge you for the way you show up. I think it's I think researchers and people working in, in universities can stay stuck in the university or working with one-on-one -on -one clients, and there's nothing wrong with that, but by you taking this, simplifying it into a book, and now wanting to go beyond that, I think is really inspiring for so many people that are confused around what to eat, how to eat, how it affects their gut, how it affects their brain. So I really acknowledge you for showing up, for doing the work, for, for packaging this in a way that we can consume it and understand it so it doesn't seem so overwhelming, and for for doing all the podcasts you do to get it out there, even if your diet's a little off here and there. Um, but it's amazing. And so I really acknowledge you Thank for you. for your decades of research and training so that we can become better human beings. It's Thank really, you, really I inspiring. That. Yeah. Um, I have a question that I ask everyone at the end called three truths question. Mm -hmm. So I'd like you to imagine a hypothetical scenario. It's your last day on earth, mm. many years away from now. You get to live as long as you want to live, okay. but eventually it's you got to call it your last day. And you've accomplished all of your dreams in life. You've accomplished everything. You've created the life of your dreams. You've spent time with the people you love. Uh, but for whatever reason, you've got to take all of your work with you. Hmm. Your message, your content, your books, videos, like everything you've ever created, for whatever reason, it's got to go somewhere else. Okay. So we don't have access to your information anymore. Hmm. But you get to leave behind on this last day okay. three lessons. Three things you know to be true about all the things you've learned in life okay. that you would like to share with the world. Mm -hmm. What would you say would be those three truths? Off the cuff, obviously. Okay. Number one, be kind to yourself. Because mm. um, without that, honestly, you're not going to be able to help anyone else. Yep. Um, the second is um, you are what you eat. Ooh. Even though it's cliched and uh, overly used and... It's often misunderstood and never actually taken seriously. So you mentioned the sad diet, mm. and you know what I'm talking about. And the third is spices are the magic in your kitchen cabinet that are going to help your mental health. Really? Mm -hmm. mm, I like it. Spices are the magic. 
Um, very cool. I'm excited for this. I want people to get the book. Thank you. Um, is there anything else we can do to support you currently? Well, thank you. Um, I, I think, you know, helping me to bring this message forward in whatever mm -hmm. way you can. So I thank you for sharing this podcast and inviting me. But people listening to it, you know, supporting the book, supporting the work, letting us know the burning questions that they have. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's social media. I can't answer. I can't be a doctor. I can't answer your medical <laughs> questions. But, you know, we, we can, if we hear from people, we'll put a post out on something. Mm -hmm. We'll add it as a segment to the course that I teach. Um, that type of stuff. So Perfect. that that really helps me. Okay, cool. Um, okay, final question, Dr. Uma. What's your definition of greatness? Truly being yourself. If you are able to reach that place within yourself to be confident to be yourself, I truly think that makes you the greatest that you can be on this earth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.